you start to wonder whether the environment that you're working in is toxic to you and you start to wonder, wow, should I be here? Should I stay and, you know, endure this? And is this what I'm supposed to be doing? When you're in a space, right, and you're, you know, it's probably going to be time to pivot. Thinking about how you strategically persevere through that space is extremely important. And a lot of times we're kind of like, ooh, I'm running away, I'm getting out of here. And we don't implement the strategy that's going to help us with the other side of, you know, leaving that that kind of space and moving into our next level. You're listening to the Melanin and Medicine Podcast, and I'm your host, Dr. Molara Thomas Uwamedimo, community health justice consultant, social entrepreneurship coach, and founder of two multi-six-figure social enterprises. Here, my guests and I discuss our journeys inside and outside of traditional healthcare systems and how we're building, funding, and growing justice-centered health innovations and enterprises. We'll share lessons learned as mission-driven women who are dismantling the status quo and rebuilding a more just and equitable healthcare system. So if you're tired of the injustice in healthcare, but ready to talk about action and solutions, especially BIPOC women-led ones, you're in the right place. I hope you get inspired, get a plan, and get to work. Welcome to the Sisterhood. Hello and welcome back to the Melanin and Medicine podcast. It is Dr. O and I hope you are doing well today. I wanted to let you know that you are seen, you are valued, you are heard. I am super excited because we are doing our spring reset and this is something that here at Melanin Medicine we decided to do because After the first quarter of the year, I think all of us learned some things, or if we haven't, we should stop and look and see what we've learned from it so that we can really start to make some intentional changes. And as you know, spring marks blooming, but also it marks where we kind of declutter and where we start doing our spring cleaning. And we wanted you to be able to do that now after being able to taste a little bit of 2022, giving you some, some, you know, I would say some of our best episodes to help you start to regroup, uh, recharge, restore, and reset, of course. And then also starting to plan differently, right? For the the second half. And so what you'll be hearing all this month and um, throughout spring, basically, is all of our best, our, our like literally best episodes that I think have been instrumental for so many of the women that we serve in melanin medicine. And I think will be amazing for you as well. So I'm hoping that you will enjoy these episodes. I literally curated them and picked them all myself, just so you know. They were all picked by me and specifically each of them for a different reason. So I'm hoping that this will be a great time and a great period for you to love the Melanin Medicine Podcast, subscribe, rate, because these are really, I would say, well done episodes. And yes, I am biased, okay, but it's for good reason. So let's get to the episode. 
And now for our episode, five power moves you should be doing at your current job for a successful transition. Spring Reset. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Melanin Medicine Podcast. This is Omolara, and I am here with episode 52. Super excited, um, particularly because I had a revelation. (laughs) And I had a revelation, and I couldn't keep it to myself, so I wanted to share with you. Um, It was actually emerged from going from a really emotional, sad place to this place of, wow, I can, I really have learned something through this. And so I wanted to share that with you and um, give you also some insight to some of the work that we're going to be doing in terms of expanding and give you context. So in any case, I'm hoping that all of you are doing well. I know this has been a really hard year. And I know for many of us as Black women, it's been particularly (laughs) difficult in so many ways, Um, whether it be the health disparities, whether it be just trying to navigate racism, both vicariously through what we see and then also just what we experience. And particularly as those of us who are in health, who are health health professionals, health advisors, Um, who are in academia, it's been absolutely, to put it mildly, chaos. (laughs) So uh, I'm not going to sugarcoat what I have to say, but one of the things that I experienced this past week, and you know that usually on these episodes that I do solo, I'm usually reflecting on something I've experienced and then trying to find what are the lessons that I can share from my personal experiences. And this week was particularly emotional. So I had a conversation with a friend and learned that my work, so, you know, developing programs, I'm pretty much an ideator. I have multiple ideas, try to hone in on a few, and then make them as uh, close to what I had envisioned as possible through teams and I get to do that um, in my uh, in my current career and one of the things that happened was I had been learning through multiple different instances that my work was being co-opted now I'm a black woman right I, I get it I understand all of the legacy I understand that there is nothing new under the sun I understand that there are hundreds, thousands of women, um, a legacy of women, Black women, whose work, whose ideas um, are, you know, taken and they are erased. And so I think I hadn't fully grasped it in terms of how it hit me. I think I was like, oh, oh my goodness. Well, you know, I don't really care as long as the work is being done. But then I was talking with my friend about it and I got very emotional. I almost burst into, I did burst into tears. No, I didn't almost, I burst into tears, tried to hold it in. I didn't do the ugly cry. And I was just thinking about how devalued I felt putting in so much time and effort and work and also feeling like, 
like so many of us, we work hard. We don't put in <laughs> just enough. We, a lot of us put in a lot more than anyone else into this almost to our detriment, which is, of course, something we talk about, right, on this uh, podcast to try and make sure that we have some more balance. But we put in so much work and to see that you're not even acknowledged or mentioned when that work enters other rooms or um, higher spaces that your name as it goes, as the work gets uh, more exposure, your name <laughs> starts to just dwindle and then is completely, uh, you know, left out of the conversation. And many will try to say that it's overreacting and it's petty. Um, that is what I like to call classic gaslighting to let us know that we're the problem. You know, we shouldn't take this as a big thing. As long as the work has been done, everybody benefits. Not true. So I want to remind us, and and don't worry, I'm getting to why this is relevant um, for this episode and what what it's about. But I want to remind us that this is a legacy from slavery and this is a legacy that exists particularly in academia in science and tech in our social movement civil rights movement women's movement all of these things where you see black women starting these you know beautiful ideas beautiful movements and then as they expand being actually like literally erased and so I wanted to talk about this, particularly because, you know, you start to wonder whether the environment that you're working in is toxic to you if that happens multiple times and you start to wonder, wow, should I be here? Should I stay and, you know, endure this? And is this what I'm supposed to be doing? Um... And it's it's hard because last week, right, I talked a lot about things that we have to shift and what we have to leave behind to get to our next level. But I actually want to counteract that a little bit in terms of thinking about the power of perseverance for a time period, okay? I'm not saying for you to, you know, Go, you know, working yourself to death in a place that that is not fulfilling you. But what I'm saying is that when you're in a space, right, and you're, you know, it's probably going to be time to pivot. Thinking about how you strategically persevere through that space is extremely important. And a lot of times we're kind of like, ooh, I'm running away. I'm getting out of here. And we don't implement the strategy that's going to help us with the other side of, you know, leaving that that kind of space and moving into our next level. And I don't mean for many of us, it's not going to be leaving our job, but it's going to be leaving that level of where we're at, which was more so maybe I like to call it it's before the blue pill in the matrix, right? After you after you, <laughs> you take the blue pill, nothing is the same anymore. And you're kind of like, no, this is where I'm supposed to be. And so it's about making sure that you're advocating for where you're supposed to be, whether that be in your current workplace 
or whether that be your decision to to move out of that workplace when that's not available to you. So it's either or, but how to make yourself indispensable is particularly important um, wherever you are in, in as an entrepreneur, as an entrepreneur. Uh, and so I wanted to be able to bring this to light for you in this revelation because a lot of times when we there's a power in staying where you are and leveraging where you're at for maximum success to where you want to be. I'm going to say that again because that sounded pretty dope. Okay, <laughs> there's, there's a power. Let me make sure I can say it again. There's a power of staying where you are so you can leverage where you're at for maximum success to where you want to be. And even if you decide to move on, many times when we're in a place that is not currently exactly how we want it. We think that we've been buried. I love this quote, but you've actually been planted. You actually have the soil, the sun, all of the specific things that you need to move, to grow right near you. And it's about making sure that we're taking advantage of those things and then moving into the growth and getting to the place where now, I don't need this environment. I'm on my way. <laughs> I'm already, you know, where I need to be. And so I want you to hear this. And for those of you who need to hear this, I want you also to share it. So that's extremely important. So number one, when we think about the power of persevering, number one is we these are things that we don't do that we need to be doing. So I'm going to be focusing on things that often are not happening and things that need to be happening, okay? So number one, what we don't often do in the place where we're at, when we're thinking about that this is not satisfying us and there is a need for more, what we don't think about is solidifying our network. So the place that you're actually in right now is usually consisting of a huge network of people that you've either cultivated internally or communicated with externally for your position or for the work that you do. And oftentimes we don't take that as an asset and say, how can we start to reach out? How can we start to share you know, how can we start to strategize about who some of who, who are some of these people that potentially have either the um, intellectual capital, the social capital, their own networks that would be really helpful for me in terms of where I want to be. Now, what's really important in this conversation is the fact that they're to, to leverage the power of staying. There has to be also some thought about knowing what your vision is, right? Where you're actually going, what you want. And of course, that's something that you've heard me talk about ad nauseum. I will do it again. But ad nauseum about how we often aren't, we're often just moving through life and we haven't taken the time to sit, reflect, what is it that we want? What is my purpose? What is my mission? What are my values? What are my strengths? These are really important because they are the catalyst to now say, okay, this is where I want to be. 
Now, how do I stay here where I'm at, but leverage it so that then when I'm ready to move, it's like, oh, wow, how did she have all this together? (laughs) So, So that's extremely important. So I want you to think about the fact that There also needs to be some pre-work before this around what is the vision that I want for my life? Is it going to happen here? Is it going to happen somewhere else? And then now we move into these things, which are really around what are the things that I need to do to leverage where I'm at? So I want to ask you that question. Do you have a list of your contacts? Do you have those readily available? Do you have the idea of what you want to do and kind of a list of who would be extremely important, who would have a resource, who, so who's informational, um, an informational contact, who's a contact, who's more of a networking contact or a connector, who is a contact that can actually bring strategy. You need to really think through, you know, solidifying that network and making sure that Also, are there people that you haven't even tapped into that exist in the system where you're at that could provide either information, um, connections, or strategy? So I want you to make sure that you're thinking about that wherever you are right now um, before you kind of up and say, I've had it (laughs) and run run out. Um, we, we, we want strategy. (laughs) I know it's, I know it looks good in movies, but, but let's, let's try to do this in a different way that really benefits us from the, from the end. Um, so number two that we do not do, uh, and we should be doing to leverage our power of, of staying right of perseverance is we don't share our accomplishments enough. So I started this conversation, right, with this idea that here we are achieving, working hard, doing all this work. When we think about the most educated demographic, Black women are right there. And, you know, you cannot doubt the extreme power that we bring to any organization or or anything that we do in general. And really important in this conversation is the fact that we have often been told to sit, work hard, put our head down, and somebody will notice what we're doing. I'm laughing because that has not worked well for me. Um, So maybe it's worked well for you. You've had that one person who's been like, oh, look at that girl over there in the corner working hard let's see what's her name and what is that? So what I found in general is that I, when something amazing happens, I'm letting people know. I think we've been taught that sharing what we're doing is equals bragging. It equals a lack of humility. It, it equals basically a character that is not ideal for women, especially black women who often are called aggressive uh, instead of assertive, who are often seen as standoffish instead of working hard and doing and, and really focused. And so I am, you know, I understand those connotations. However, 
sharing your accomplishments could be simply putting stuff. I've seen this in email signatures. Uh, oh, read my latest work. Oh, check out my, you know, my newest blog or check out my, my next deep tweaking engagement. Really important to do that and important to get that into the right circles, particularly because it allows for you to build your celebrity. It allows for you to start to make the, the case, right? That this is what I'm bringing to this organization. And it's not just the work I do, but it's also what I contribute in my intellectual property and what has been praised by either external or internal um, people. And so it's really important to make sure that you're thinking about the question about what did you achieve this month? Who did you share it with? And that's a question that you should be asking yourself every month. And what, you know, what are you using to really share this? Now, as someone who has, you know, been in academia for quite some time, we think like there's this bubble and there's nothing, there's nowhere else to do. So kind of like, okay, I'll share it with my institution. And it's like, no, I'm talking bigger. So that is the power of leveraging social media you have this opportunity to connect with different organizations that that might be on the other side of the country or in another country who are extremely interested in your work. Um, it starts about building that international reputation and in what you do for those of you who are in academia, for those of you who are in medicine. It starts with being able to connect with other physicians who are in your field on that work. And so if you're not uh, using one platform, that could be Twitter, you know, um, that could be LinkedIn, you know, I would say probably Facebook and Instagram uh, are less, you know, depending on what you do. But for those of us who are in medicine academia, I would say LinkedIn and Twitter are probably our first go-tos that if you're not using those platforms to basically provide reach beyond your institution, you're doing yourself a disservice. And so I want you to think about sharing your accomplishments. And that's another power move that you can leverage in your um, in, in your time as you start to either stay where you're at before you move up the ladder or that you or to strategically move up the ladder or as you prepare for your pivot. <laughs> hey, one thing I want you to remember Listen, our Passion to Profit Masterclass is coming up and you need to be there. If you are a black woman in healthcare who is really ready to bring your healthcare solution to life and are looking for, how do I do this? How do I build it? How do I fund it? Yes, fund it. You should be at our Passion to Profit Masterclass. You can learn more and register for it at bit.ly bit.ly forward slash passion to profit class it will be mind-blowing it always is and we have a little gift for those who come and attend it is virtual and you can be there at any time so make sure you go for our next passion to profit masterclass by heading over to bit.ly bit.ly forward slash passion to to profit class I'll see you there. So number three, honestly, 
this is a huge one. We don't usually build support systems. As you know, I coach a lot of women. And in that work, what we do is a lot of work around visioning because a, a lot of people don't know where to start. They're not sure what their strengths are, all of that stuff. So we do all of that, right, with um, the Black women who are in our programs. And one of the really important things that happens often, very often, particularly I think it's because academia and medicine very often have been kind of lone ranger (laughs) traditional careers. And so it's kind of like, okay, you know, I need to have this answer. I need to do this. I need to be the one with the the, um, solution. And although it's getting better in terms of teamwork, there is definitely this uh, focus on, you know, you being able to be a, a start, a large contributor to whatever that solution is. And so a lot of times when we are thinking about our vision or thinking about what we want to achieve or where we want to go, we see it with us alone. And then it becomes overwhelming. You get defeated because you're like, I can't do all of that. Uh, And the thing is, we never have to do all of that alone, but we never see that what we want to achieve is is actually possible if we have the right support system and team available to us. And it doesn't have to be a huge team. Already, it needs to be thinking about who, who do you have already in your corner who's very interested in supporting you and how can you strategically use them? And so... You know, one of the things, the questions that we need to ask is while we are where we are at and trying to persevere through what we're going through, strategically, the questions would be, who needs to be in the support system for where I want to be? So who's going to be the person, the the where you want to be might require a few more hours. It might require less family time. It might require um, staying at home. It might require travel. It might require uh, meetings in the evenings. It might, we don't know what it might require, right? It all depends. And so who are going to be the people who are going to support you, whether that be through um, helping you financially helping you with the, you know, the either childcare, helping you in terms of um, getting your energy by uh, making sure that you're exercising or, you know, having a trainer or whether it be therapy because you're going to (laughs) be dealing with something that is going to be maybe anxiety provoking for you. And so what you want to do is you want to identify who are the people that you're going to need to call. And then what are going to be some of the difficult decisions or I would say conversations that you need to have with people who you ordinarily said, I can do this by myself, that now you're going to come to terms with the fact that, hey, I need you. People, and often these have been people who actually have always said, hey, if you need anything, call me, and you never do, right? And so it's about how do we leverage those people um, in particular to help us at this moment. Number four, the thing that we don't do (laughs) while we are where we're at in order to help us get to our next level Um We don't sit still. I know this sounds counterintuitive. I know it does. This is number four. We don't sit still. 
I will tell you that the most powerful time that really catapulted me deciding to take the work I had done for over a decade that I didn't recognize as work in supporting Black women in medicine and academia, right, through their personal journeys and and, um, helping them with work-life integration, reducing burnout, all those things. I didn't realize that that was one, (laughs) work, (laughs) because people just kept coming to me and I would provide them with this and and they were very happy. I just thought it was maybe something I do well, but not something that, you know, and something I love. Let me not, let me say that as well. And not something that actually was work because, right, there are certain status symbols that we put in society on different types of work. And uh, I didn't see it as that. And then when I went through my period of being of being hospitalized and having to go on medical leave, I had my work, the my you know, regular work (laughs) taken from me. And I had this space, you know, of what do I do? What defines me? What are the things that make me happy? (laughs) And, you know, it was a very come to Jesus moment. And it was very intense. But I had to sit and I just had to reflect. And that time although it was a painful time of, you know, relearning to walk and um, just feeling like I had no clue what my future was going to be if I would still be able to practice medicine. Um, It was a powerful time because I recognized when you take everything off, all of the accolades and all of the work and everything that you've done, what is it at your core that you love to do? What is it at your core that you were born to do, right? That And what is it that is completely aligned with your values? And so one of my biggest values is justice. And one of my biggest pet peeves was the fact that I felt that Black women were being treated unfairly. And even though many had said, oh, racism, <laughs> you know, and kind of like resigned themselves to that. I was like, yeah, we're going to navigate that beast through structural and systemic policies, but we also need to make sure that in the meantime, that we are building ourselves up to be as powerful as we were meant to be in a way that you could help us withstand these issues and challenges and barriers that we often face. And and I realized that I had been doing that and pouring that into people, but I didn't re- and I didn't realize that I could do that at a much broader scale if I thought about how I could do it outside of academia and how I could do it, you know, for to monetize that, to make it something that would be sustainable and would allow me to pour all of my effort into it, not just doing it ad hoc at times. And so that's that's what Empowered is, of course. <laughs> you know that story. But why I tell you that is that whole journey of coming to that revelation came from sitting still. It came from just having the reflection space to do that. And we are often doing 
everything, all of the busy work, you know, trying to get everything done and we're not sitting, we aren't making that time to think about is what I'm doing actually aligned with the values that I want my life to have right now and I want and the impact I want my life to have in the future. And it's a deep question. It's a hard question. Um, it's one of the questions we have in our onboarding. And, uh, you know, <laughs> I remember actually at um, not last week's office hours, but the week before one of our new members was just like, this stuff is deep. <laughs> you know, I got to sit down with this for a while. And I said, yes, it is. But it's so, you know, it's so transformative when you actually get that time to do it and do it in a guided way where you hold yourself accountable to someone and you're like, this is what I found. And you get to now talk it through. So that's number four. And the last one that I wanted to share with you is that often in the place where we're sitting right now, we don't set the stage. What do I mean by that? We don't set the stage. So what we have to do, in addition to all of the things I talked about, right? The reflection, the um, sharing, you know, getting figuring out who your network is, that building that network, figuring out who your support system is going to be, um, being able to have as many um, possibilities through your vision as possible, we don't set the stage to say that in order to do what we want, we have to realize what's missing. We have to realize the areas of our lives that have not been cultivated, that have been our blind spots, and we have to figure out how to strengthen those things. The only, you know, so for example, I want to buy, I want to buy a home and I want to pay off that home, you know, in whatever years I want to get rid of my student loans, all of those things. If you're completely ignoring your financial acumen and not cultivating kind of how do I learn how to handle money for, you know, home ownership or for like building wealth or whatever that is, then you're not going to achieve that vision. You're just not. And, and, but the issue is that oftentimes we don't set, we don't sit to kind of say what's missing. We're kind of like, well, what I have is what I have. I'm not a good planner. I'm not good with money. I'm not this with the idea that those are immutable characteristics that cannot be changed with either new knowledge or new skills. And that's completely ludicrous, right? Because we were high school students <laughs> and college students, and now we're doing surgeries <laughs> and procedures and all of these things, um, you know, a few years later. And so I think it's really important for us to put that into perspective that, uh, you know, whether it be as physicians, whether it be as academicians that we're able to do, you know, these elaborate research projects and teaching these very, you know, um, you know, these very robust curriculums, I think it's particularly important to remember that that required cultivation. And so one of the things that I want you to think about is either cultivation is going to require knowledge, it's going to require skills, or it's going to require a person, right? And so what we need to think about is, are you in the networks that will allow for you to either acquire and set the stage to either acquire um, new knowledge, new skills, or new networks, 
Okay. And so when I think about that is if I want to build something, who has built it before? What's the reading that I need to do? Uh, what you readily, a lot of times our vision looks scary because it usually includes things that we need to brush up on in order to be able to achieve it. And we often are, are kind of like, oh, that that's going to take some time. Yeah, it might. <laughs> it might. But, you know, you can actually get through that faster. Usually if you have someone supporting you or guiding you or you're holding or someone holding you accountable or the so forth. So I want to share that in particular because as many of you know, I, I've had, um, we all have our, our place that we stay and that we don't move to our next level quite easily, right? But in the interim, while during that phase, while we're either trying to build up our confidence or we're trying to build one of these five things, right? Whether that be setting the stage and making sure we've identified what's missing and what needs to be cultivated. And you don't have to get it perfect because let's not move into that realm where, okay, I have to have that extremely fully perfect and planned out in order for me to shift. No, no, we're not going there. All right. We don't do the time for the self-reflection. We aren't solidifying our network or we aren't sharing our accomplishments so we can set ourselves as a category of one. We aren't building our support systems. So when we're not doing that, we're not doing ourselves, you know, due diligence to, to make sure that we are in the space that will literally push us to success. So what I'd like for you to do is think about which of these is really important for you right now. It may be all of them, but think about what's priority number one for you. And, you know, once you've done this work and it's time to go, okay, you've done the work. So you set yourself up for that new opportunity, for many opportunities. You'll find probably as you're doing this work that opportunities will start to open up. I remember that's what open, that's what 2020 has looked like for me um, in particular as, you know, every year I try to think about these things so that it allows for me to make sure that whatever place I'm at, Remember, I'm not buried, I'm planted. I'm planted, I'm just getting ready for my glow up, okay? So this year, you know, I've been able to speak for a national, my national association. I'm speaking engagements on satellite radio. I've been invited to podcasts. Um, I've built my following. It's extremely exciting when you are doing the work that you love, but believing that it's important. And then once you believe it, <laughs> it's a lot easier to make, to, to let everyone know and also to have others believe in it too. So I want you to think about this. I want you to be extremely um, steadfast in this work as you're sitting where you are right now, but not resigned to the fact that I need to stay there. Because when we're in a space that is kind of not exactly fulfilling us, this kind of work, this kind of self-work is actually really important for us, one, to gain momentum, to start to, you know, reinvigorate, okay, this is where I need to go and get us out of that buried place and into that planted place. 
So I'm hoping that this was helpful for you and I'm hoping that you um, will take some action. Hello, and I want to leave you with one small thing. You know, there are times for many of you, you've heard us talk about building, growing, launching our work, but sometimes it's, you're not even there at the point where you're sure what it is you're looking to build. And so we wanted to make sure that we gave you some help for that. And one of the things that I would love for you to do, if it makes sense for you, is head over to melaninandmedicine.co and check out our free masterclass. Okay. It's a transformational masterclass called From Dreaming to Doing, the three actionable steps for living out your purpose. You can get access to the masterclass now. And it's really for those of you who are feeling stuck in your life, career or business, and not sure how to move forward. It's time to move forward. <laughs> and this is just the right masterclass to help you do it. So just head over to melaninandmedicine.co, scroll down, and you will see our free masterclass and just click and get going, okay? You can also go straight to melaninandmedicine.co forward slash free hyphen masterclass, okay? I hope you'll take advantage of this really, really good resource and I know that you'll get clarity. Otherwise, I will see you next week for another episode about how we continue and sustain the health justice movement and continue to do the work that you are called to do. See you next week.